I'm Jake. And I'm Michael. What were we talking about? Shit, shit. A lot of stuff, as it turns out. As it turns but out. But maybe there'll be seamless editing where you won't be able to tell, but probably not, because well. <laughs> I did that the other day because Joseph did a really just a perfect segue just beautiful okay we hadn't introduced ourselves yet we hadn't gotten the moment of silence it was so i was like ah it was so good it got us right to the topic and he was like he's like well just edit it i'm like you're not editing it i'm editing it <laughs> i'm like i don't want to do that that's a lot more work than this podcast worth <laughs> I have real self-deprecating humor when it comes to this podcast. Even though I really do care about it a lot, right. I don't want to put a lot of work into it. I have a lot of self-deprecating humor because if I don't, somebody will beat me to it. Yeah. And I, this <laughs> I grew up fat, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I make fun of myself first, yeah, no one yeah. else can do it. I take the wind out of their sails. Yeah. Watch them fall and crash and burn. <laughs> I'm was that a flipper? <laughs> I can't wait for that to come up on the audio. I'm like, what the fuck's that noise? <laughs> that with a vengeance. I want to watch that. Yeah. You have to wait till after you watch Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible 2. 2. Again. <laughs> Again. Well, I got this wild hair up my ass where I was just like, well, it's because Weekly Panda Podcast is doing that. They do a series called Caravan of Garbage. And they review movies. It's only called. It was called that initially because they would review only shitty movies, and then they started just doing other movies and revisiting revisiting older movies. Gotcha. So now they're doing like a trilogy of the the first three uh, Mission Impossible movies. So I was like, I haven't watched those in years. Actually, I think I stopped after the second one because the second one's not good. Yeah, I'm. I vaguely remember like them, and I remember later that people made fun of Tom Cruise running a lot. Yeah, I don't think and that's then, exclusive to Mission Impossible. Oh though. no, that's... but I just remember that there was like a a whole video of just like scenes of him running and like trying to look tall next to women that are not five <laughs> yeah. four. And... That's what's interesting is watching this mo- these movies and knowing that he's not and he's not short. Like he's he's like my height. Like which I'm not a tall man, but <laughs> I'm an average sized human right. uh, just really disproportionate advertised <laughs> uh, american male but he's like for hollywood he's short yeah so like you see him in this movie and like he's next to um tandy newton and she's pretty tall but he mm. is above her i'm like yeah i wonder how many crates are underneath him right now <laughs> <laughs> all his scientology books or, or, the, or the uh the interviews where he watched and I didn't notice until somebody pointed out, I was like, he takes up so much room because he spreads himself out and he leans up on the couch and he leans in and he spreads his arms out. So he tries to be as big as possible. Right. I'm like, oh, he's so, I don't see why he's so, like, he's Tom Cruise. Like, he doesn't have to be, you know, subconscious. <laughs> right. But he well, absolutely, because he's watching these movies and yeah, we all know he's a little weird, kind of an oddball dude, but he, um. He's so fucking charming. Just he just oozes charisma, no matter you know what he's doing. In right, it. and it's just and he's got a, the most beautiful smile with the weirdest, 
with the weirdest middle tooth that I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, and I don't understand it, but it's still one of the best, most beautiful smiles ever. next to Heath Ledger's. Like, it's right. pretty damn good. Have you ever seen this video where somebody edited in, like, Force Lightning on Tom Cruise, like, talking to Oprah? <laughs> You're like poor Tom Cruise. He's he. Did. That was the weirdest. Like that was like the, wasn't that the start of his like fall to like weirdom? Yeah, because like in that same interview, I'm pretty sure he like jumps on the couch and like goes like crazy. Talk, but. Talks about how much he's in love with Katie Holmes. Yeah, which is like but, this all seems a bit forced. <laughs> I sent that gift to a friend of mine once, and I didn't get a reply for, I don't know, probably five minutes. And he said, it took me so long to reply because I have been, like, on the floor crying. <laughs> and he's like, that's my favorite gift ever in the world, and to this day, I don't think it's ever been topped for him. Like, just... It's, a, it's a pretty stellar effect. Like, somebody, yeah, like <laughs> And the fact that somebody <laughs> took the time to do it, like... Yeah. It's just... Yeah, that's kind of what I, I do, except it's never that funny. <laughs> it just doesn't work quite as well. No. Waka waka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know, but they, they don't will. <laughs> no. No, I don't think Cardi B will let me have that. Yeah, that's world. true. Well, you send it to me. I'm going to put it on my Instagram <laughs> or on my TikTok. Got all my, my wife will be like, is this you the next day? Like, she'll be like, did you do this? Yeah. Is it? I, I have to delete TikTok. <laughs> it's all over the place. Or all my friends are sharing it. Like I can't do it. No, it, it would probably get one. It share. would immediately get taken down. I bet. Pro either that or just get one share and never. Oh no! I don't think that would get just one share. <laughs> Maybe two. If I'm perhaps if I'm, two. If, if my I'm sisters, generous. both of my sisters would share it. Okay. Probably. Probably. Maybe not. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Oh my god. So what do you look for in a comic book? Paper. <laughs> Ink. That's it's about as much good. as I can segue. I'm not Joe, so yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> so, um... I'll move some of these out, out of the way so I can pick them up and not hit them. But, um, I mean, the first thing, when you see a comic book at a store, like, the first thing you see is obviously the cover. Unless some jackass picked it up, put it back, you know, like backwards, and this is all you see. I work at a comic book store. That is irritating it, yeah. to me. Or in the wrong spot. Or, yeah. Mm. Like you're looking at DC titles, and all of a sudden there's Daredevil, and you're like, hmm. he's not really Batman. Not really Batman. But, um, I don't know, like, uh, the cover, like these, this Daredevil series, I picked this up for a long time before I finally was too broke to buy comic books in college but um man i just love how like striking like the white and the red is kind of a there's a lot of white and red going yeah. on in these and so um just that and the fact that the i was like what is going on behind daredevil there and like all the buildings and everything are like made up of like words that create like the sound of like the birds, oh, like oh yeah, the birds has like whoosh whoosh and is like shaped. The words are like shaped into to a bird, and I was just like, man, that's cool. Flap 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 flap. Yeah, I was like, man, that's that is brilliant. So like, I saw that and I was like, I have to have it. 
because I like Daredevil, and just the artwork on the front of this is just incredible. This is old. Yeah, 2000, probably 10 or 11. It has to be 2011. It's got an advertisement, or I got milk advertisement, which is old <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Hal Jordan, or with Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but, um... So for me, like, you know, obviously the first thing you see is the cover and it's like the, is the, is the artwork striking? Is it, um, you know, is there a lot of contrast and a lot of these kind of have a minimalism too that I like this first cover is really busy with all like the words and stuff. And like this one is, I think has the Punisher and it's like all the buildings are actually gun barrels and it's just kind of it's kind of simple. Like the whole background, like the whole sky is just white and their daredevil's actually kind of small. Uh, it's same, uh, same thing with this one. It's just, it's very simple, but it's, it's got a lot of the white and the black. It's, it's just got a lot of contrast in it. Yeah. And that's, um, and then like the little bits of red, like daredevil and like the title daredevil makes it kind of pop out for me. On Wait, the show. who is at the sign? Is that Mark Wade? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mark Wade. Um, was I don't know I think he must be married to her now but he was dating a professor at Ball State where I was going to school and the first time we walked into this comic book store um, the guy behind the counter's name was Jason and he was like hey hey you know hey guys uh, how you doing um, are you guys here for the signing and we were like what signing but I didn't there's no sign outside or anything is that a signing what are you talking about he goes oh yeah Mark Wade's gonna be here and I was like like almost like catch me I'm I got the I got the papers. I got, I got the papers and my friend was with me was like who's Mark Wade is he like special or something and I was like one of my favorite graphic novels I bought when I was in high school it was called Kingdom Come and I just I gotta have him sign it but he was like well he's gonna be here in like 10 minutes so and I was like could I drive back to campus and get my book and come back and I don't know so I, I bought literally bought this copy that I'm holding and, had, and had him sign it. And then the other copy was like the copy that I actually put my hands on a lot and like let people borrow. And that's so I kept this awesome. one separate, but, um, but anyway, I'll get to, I'll get to this one in, in a moment. The, but the later on, he did another signing after these daredevils had been coming out. And I brought like at the time, I don't know, we were talking like 12 or, you know, some plus issues. And I was like, well, I just, I kind of had them all in a stack. So I just brought them all. I don't know what, you know, what ones you want to sign or if you got like a limit or something. And he was like, Hey, if you bought them, I'm going to sign them. And he just took them all and signed them and like switched to silver marker and stuff or oh man, like, yeah, he like really went the extra mile and like switched color markers and stuff. If it was a dark cover and that's like, what a dude. Yeah. That's pretty, what a cover is pretty brilliant but yeah and I, so this one is uh, issue 10 and I, I really like this one because it's kind of like you don't see this style of like um like cross hatching and like yeah <clears throat> it's kind of like an older like maybe 1800s ish or like seventeen sort of yeah similar anyways and it's uh yeah it's kind of hard it's 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 here comes uh, daredevil man without fear and it's issue number 10 uh, it's got is that uh, mole man? Yeah, mole man on the, the cover, and some of the little gremlins or whatever yeah. follow him around. And yeah, it's a uh, god. That's a brilliant, brilliant cover. That's great. So the first thing that, like I said, is the cover. The second thing is if I recognize a name on it, like Mark Wade, right? Which this one, I don't actually know if any of these actually had his name on it on the on the cover. It did. Uh, well. 
Except for the you one know, the of signature. them did. This one did. Yeah, this one uh, issue three had Wade and Riviera. and these are the rest of these look like they're variants, so they wouldn't usually have yeah the the names on the cover. That one's probably the regular. Right. So, uh, but yeah, and like so, I'll open it up if it doesn't have any names on it and see on that first page if it's got anybody's name on it that I recognize. But that first page is also important because you open it up and if the first page is like crap, you're probably not going to flip through the rest of it. Right, yeah. So I really like this Alan Moore-esque like breakdown of these panels. And yeah. There's a lot of really – not not Alan – well, Alan uh, Moore no, does do it, uh, but it's um, – Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, he's – the artist is obviously a big fan of Frank Miller because Frank Miller did the one of the most like – I don't know, famous and Daredevil runs. Yeah. And also um Batman. Batman, yeah. But yeah, this I mean a lot this, of things. He's, Frank Miller done a lot of things. Right. So Yeah, but yeah, this is more Frank Miller. Alan Moore has done some like small panel things like this. But yeah, this but is, his but, yeah. is uh yeah. So anyway, um and it's just kind of striking how some of these are just small with a little text in it, and then there's obviously just a quick little backstory thing about how Daredevil came to be. And it's just little little pieces of information, like a a fist with a you know boxing glove on it, and the car with the chemicals that hit him, and he's blind, and then uh, like a quick representation of like his sonar powers, and then like the scales of justice to show he was a lawyer. Just kind of if you don't know anything about Daredevil, you, like, you, you kind know of quick, it now. Yeah. Well, it's a, what Stan Lee always said was that every comic book is somebody's first comic book. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you know pretty quickly into it, you know what's going on. Which I think Marvel now. And most ones I've seen, like a lot of them, kind of just open up with a quick recap of what was happening previously. Right. Uh, and it's, I mean, that's a good way to do. It. It's not as interesting visually as that is. Right. But, but it's a way to make sure that everybody up. can catch and you that, up. And that might be a determining factor of you walking home with it if you're like, exactly. oh yeah, like okay, I kind of you know. Now now I know what's now I'm kind of caught up and I don't need to go by. 30 other issues of different comic books to understand what's going on. Right. But uh, so, yeah, that's so yeah, the panel, the, so the, the first, the cover and the first page are really important to me. So like, I feel like if you get much past the first page, somebody might say like, are you going to buy that? Or cause yeah. Cause that's a, at that point you're just reading it. Right. And then you're like, come on now. <laughs> right. It's like when you go but, to a bookstore, they go to Barnes and Noble, which I don't mind sitting there and reading a book in Barnes and Noble cause they have enough money right but uh yeah you be sit there and you're just reading the book in the store <laughs> right oh did this game ever come out there's an advertisement yeah. for a captain america War- it did it's, Super it's actually Soldier it's not game. terrible it's a pretty it's a pretty cool game hmm. that green lantern movie came out too yeah it, it wasn't not it came good. out but yeah although after watching it and then watching the, like fan four stick man it really is a pretty great movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> Fanforstick sucked donkey don- nuts. Right. But yeah, like the the rest of the anatomy of this, um, if you couldn't have, have told by the cover in that first page, like the artwork is fantastic. And the layout work, I mean, you get to be like a super comic book nerd when you start to talk about layout. Right, but, yeah. But like the way that on this page, there's a hole in the ground and it's outlined like a panel. Yeah. 
and sort of draw your attention to it. Really clever. Right. And it's like, I love that. And the way that they interpret how Daredevil sees like this kind of radar vision. Yeah. And then they do something creative on the next page because, um, or I'm sorry, the page after that. I hope the name of this bad guy's on here so I don't have to remember what he's called. Uh, he's the guy with the polka dots that, uh, like the Spider-Man villain. Oh, uh, oh shit. Spot. It's just the spot. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he's just called the spot, but look how daredevil sees him. Like they show you this little, cause he's got, he's like covered in holes down here. Oh. And it's like, so it's just like really striking what they're doing. Like if you guys go okay, so if you guys get a chance, what issue number is this? This is the first one. So this is issue number one. So this is the Here Comes Daredevil issue number one. Yeah. Uh, from Mark Wade. Yeah, check the, check out his look of uh, the spot. I think it's I think it is a spot, right? That's yeah, the yeah. They do call him the spot on this page. So um, he called the spot. And yeah. If you get a chance to look that up, because it is a pretty stellar. Like this is tough to to do a podcast and talk about how great yeah. this looks and be like this is. But it's it's. Let me get a little yeah. closer. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. See if I can. Maybe you can describe it better than this is. Uh, it's really so. Basically, what it is, it's showing the spot uh, in this sort of radar vision, uh, but because the holes are voids, they're holes in on the on the actual person, the spot. Uh, but they're done in such a. It's yeah. It's, really it just looks it. like there's little tunnels creeping all the way through them. And yeah, stuff that's, and yeah. Then. It looks like there's just a bunch of tunnels creeping all over. Yeah, spot. It's it's pretty that, magnificent. And that's work. how Daredevil sees him. But so yeah, like the the artwork and the layout are just really striking. Um, and the way that these are sp- spot bubbles, like these other panels yes. are like little bubbles, like the spot. I mean, just stuff like that. It's like that's what hooks me in. Yeah, this is really old because look, there's an ad for Alphas. Like, <laughs> good lord, we talked about on one of the yeah, last as I say, we t- yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I just really love um, like the layout of this, and and sometimes it's really kind of simplistic, and there's big panels, and then sometimes it's really busy. But I also love these like floating style panels where it's just like the entire like bottom of the page, and there's no real panel around it because it's all white. Yeah, that's so that's I I, I usually uh, yeah the layout is is very important, but like generally yeah the cover is what gets me initially. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably safe to say that's what most people it draws them to it. Um, one of my biggest things, and I know that this is not like this is normal. The cover art never or very rarely matches the inside artwork. Yeah. So it's I have to always flip it over or flip it through it. The art is what draws me into a comic book. Right. Generally, um, and I'll buy something based solely off of how cool it looks. I bought um a series called um I Hate Fairyland based entirely off of uh, the art. And then I read what the story was, which was that this little girl, as a little girl, uh, gets sent to fairyland. And uh, the goal is, like, she has to go on this adventure, and she has to find a key, and then she gets sent home. Problem was, she never found the key. And so she was stuck in fairyland for, like, 30 years, but you don't age. So she looks like a little girl, but she aged like to an adult. Okay, like mentally. Yeah. So she okay. is just. She hates Fairyland. She hates everything. She's so negative. She's so uh, jaded with everything. 
and she has this like fly or this like little bug that's her uh companion the entire time of course. And he's grown and become as jaded and irritated as she has yeah it is fucking wonderful the story is wholly unique and but the art is what drew me into it initially because it looks very um very cartoony yeah and that's and and flipping through it like you see a bunch of like overt violence in it yeah and so it's done in that cartoony style and it drew me into it and then i bought it and that's whenever i looked and see what the story was but yeah oh, that's right the marvels so um you know we're talking about art and when you say like a lot of times the art on the cover sometimes it's even done by different artists like there are artists that are just cover artists yeah and they don't actually draw much inside like panel work and stuff but one of the things that like i said when i recognize names uh, sometimes I recognize artists or uh, writers, but a lot of times I recognize artists. So Alex Ross yeah. does his own covers and the covers, you know, you see like this painting of superheroes. Yeah. And I was just like, this is a uh, kingdom come by Mark Wade also, but Alex Ross does the art. And I was just like, I have never seen like a painting of superhero. And it just looks like a, you know, like a classical painting or something. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like an oil painting, a yeah. real, very hyper-realistic oil painting. Yeah, it's almost like the Norman Rockwell or something of yeah. comic book artists. But um, so I picked this up, and you know, you start like flipping through it. That's a perfect way and, to put a Norman Rockwell of. And he he art. he was a humongous fan of Norman Rockwell. Studied under him and everything. And like when I started flipping through it, I was like, oh my god, the artwork inside is all painted. Yeah, and so like layout and all that stuff be damned it's painted like i have to i have to see what the rest of this is about so i remember buying this on the spot because i was so struck by like that all the artwork was was painted it matches the comic and it, cover, and it matches the cover. the cover and i was just like what the hell i've never seen anything like it and it's just like consistently good like all the way through so that's it's one of the things is and i always i do catch shit for this a lot I don't like Dude. Alex Ross all that much. I do love this this painting of Shazam. It's just like that a splash is... page where he's just got the Superman pose and everything. And that's pretty well. That's the I thing. Know. Like I know Alex Ross is great. Well, like you, can, all his work is perfect. Yeah, you can recognize that somebody's talented and not, and not like what they do. Yeah, it's because it, my, my the thing that turns me on about a comic book about the art in a comic book generally is that it feels like a comic book. Like if I'm looking at something and it looks like realistic i'm mm -hmm. completely turned off to it because like i'm like this is silly like i yeah. start to realize how silly it is but if i see something drawn you know by a greg capullo or uh um, jim lee jim lee yeah you know uh then i, I start to that i can be lost in it because i'm like okay this is a comic book i right. the, the ridiculous things aren't nearly as ridiculous because it's supposed to be this way but you see something like alex ross you know if he were to draw like clayface you know, you'd be right. like, that's stupid. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's too real. It's supposed to be fantasy. Yeah, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. But, um, you know, it's the same thing with Marvels here, which also was done by Wade. It's just, I was really struck by the the artwork, and I already knew Ross at this point, so I, I was already pretty much sold that I needed uh, a Marvel thing that he'd done. I had a DC book, and now I needed this Marvel book and it was just like the same thing the artwork is just fantastic consistently throughout i do also and, like that alex ross is he's kind of gotten to a point now where he can do whatever he wants right like, yeah 
that's that's the more interesting thing about with artists and stuff like that like going back to Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder the writer that usually works with um uh with Capullo um he uh or with Scott Snyder always works with usually works with Capullo um they basically they're given whatever they want if they want to work on a Batman title they get that yeah if they want to create a whole new thing they're going to be allowed to do that because they're proven a good team. I, I kind of find that interesting whenever an artist is able to surpass, you know, the company they work for, like, right. You know, uh, people know who Scott Snyder, comic book fans know who Scott Snyder is. They know who Greg Capullo is. Um, you know, but there's, you know, you know who Brian Michael Bendis is. It's, you know, right. you know, Mark right. Wade, you know, Alex Ross, I think that's an interesting thing. So yeah, if I, I I'm kind of with you. If I if I recognize the name, whether I'll buy whatever Scott Snyder or Greg Capullo does because I right. I like his art. Um, there's another artist who's really good. And I, I, his name escapes me right now. You you talk more real quick. I'm gonna see if I can find him. Okay. Um. So there is. I I used to study art and comic book art, and I've got a, I've got a few like how to draw this and that type like how to draw comics the Marvel way and that kind of thing at home. There there literally is like an anatomy to a, a splash page or a cover with a lot of characters on it, and that's why I brought uh, The Ultimates Volume 2 um, because there's there literally is like an oval kind of arc anatomy that you're supposed to follow where like one character's limb or something about them draws you down yeah, to the next. Yeah, it sort of goes in a circle yeah. and brings you back around. So, like, Captain America is at the forefront of this, and he has his fist raised up, and it kind of leads you to Hulk, who also has his fist raised up. But then there's characters in the background that are kind of going more to the to the right. And then uh, you've got Mr. Fantastic and Thor, and they're angled to the top right corner. And then all the rest of the characters just kind of follow down in this arc. Like, you could literally draw a line yeah. and kind of see where most of these people fall on it. Yeah, and you see, um, like, Mr. Fantastic is the one. He's kind of closing that yeah. circle there. Yeah, his hand kind of comes around Thor here and goes down a little bit. And So, like, there literally is, like, an anatomy to drawing something that's uh, attention-grabbing. On the back here, it's kind of the same thing. Everybody kind of goes in a big circle around Spider-Man in the middle, who has weirdly like curled toes that I'm not sure how I feel <laughs> yeah, about. That's <laughs> peculiar. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Could be worse. Could be drawn by Rob Liefeld. But yeah, yeah. That, that's something that would turn me off from a what if Liefeld's names yeah. on there. Yeah, right. that's... But Hitch, Brian Hitch, I really like. And then, uh, but Mark Millar wrote most of this. And that, that's another name, Mark Millar. Like, there was a period of time where I would buy anything that had his name on it. Yeah, that's – and uh, he, again, is another another artist, another writer who uh, who can who can do what – he has this entire world. Yeah, the Millarverse created, or whatever. The Millarverse and the uh, Millar world or whatever they want to yeah. call it. Netflix bought the rights to it, basically. Uh, and we've yet to see, I th- yeah. think, anything – I don't think they've done anything because there was a lot of – he had a lot of work, like, all at once. And then he was kind of like, well, I do things at my own pace. And then his pace turned out to be, like, he has a bunch. It starts, like, six or seven different comics and then stops. And Yeah, that's kind of a problem, is that – like, I'm, I'm, I have I have the series for uh, the new Kick-Ass series. Yeah. And it's um, stalled right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're waiting. Like, right now, if I look up and see when it's coming out, it says, like – 
there's no time on it. It's like TBA. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. That's right. TBD. Right. Cool. Thanks. Cool. Can't, thanks. That's that was a problem with Frank Miller. Actually, yeah. he gets into a lot of shit for that because like he started um, Dark Knight three uh, Master Race, I think is what it was called. And like it was supposed to be um, 12, I think 12 issues, one per month. It took like two years to yeah. finish because he doesn't hit deadlines. And I, I guess he's earned that right, but yeah. it turns me off. If I see his name on it, I'll wait till the trade paperbacks yeah. out because because you don't want to wait. Yeah, because like, I'm not gonna start reading something and then have to wait six months for the next issue to come out. Yeah, because then by that point I've forgotten or don't care anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. There's stuff that turns me off to it, and it's it can be whoever usually whoever's on it. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, and there's also the big question for me is like, is it is Batman in it? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll basically buy that comic book. Yeah. Don't really care what the context is or what the content is. It's if it has Batman in it, I'll pretty much read it. But um, I do tend to like also in the the artist I was thinking of his name is Jock, and uh, he does the, he has this sort of like uh, sketchy style, which I really enjoy. That's that's sort of style. that's Jim Lee's is kind of a little sketchy as well. Yeah, not 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 you know solid you know lines like they're right. it's, it's a little bit loose but it's also like yeah, a little bit tight at yeah, the same time that's like the kind of style i really dig it, it really kind of loose free form almost uh lines i think those are that's far more interesting to me to, visually to yeah. see uh and i can I, I can read pretty much anything and i'm also somebody who i don't think i've ever ran into a comic book that i don't like even if it's like not good i'm like you know what yeah. it's fun reading it right yeah you know, i'm pretty solid with that um. Yeah, it's covers, and then if it's a the story, I'm all, I'm also well about story about yeah. uh weird thing that I start to realize today. Actually, I was thinking about this episode was I like a comic book that's about real people. Like I like uh something that's something like American Splendor, something like uh, Ghost World, like. Uh, one one I I'm actually reading now is called Airboy, which was a hero, uh, comic book in the, I want to say like fifties, okay, and sixties, and what the comic book is actually about is the writer of the and I can't his name escapes me but the writer of the comic book. Uh, I guess he was trying to figure out how to write it, but the story ended up being the comic book is about that writer trying to write Airboy. Okay. So there's four issues, and it's just about him trying to figure out the story and everything that's going on in his life. Um, that's a that's a pretty uh, so far pretty stellar read. Uh, that kind of th- stuff interests me, right? About real people and also superheroes, obviously. But right, I do like the real well, stories. That's one of the really like I like Marvels and uh, Kingdom Come so much is there's a real non superhero guy that you see the story through. Oh like really? Like, well, like in Kingdom Come, it's literally Alex Ross's dad. He's a he's literally modeled off of his dad. Really? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a piece of artwork in the very back here somewhere that shows you the the picture of his dad next to the painting of the character. I yeah, I realized as you brought that out 
there. That kingdom come. That's that's a picture of his dad, and then that's the, oh, the character. Oh, I did see a picture in there. The, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I realized that as you brought that up, I'm like, I don't actually know what Kingdom comes about, which is a taboo for comic book fans. All right. So uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the big ones, and I, I honestly. See, and there's the and then there's the character, good shot of the character. And that's who it's. That's basically who it's following. Yeah. So, uh, the Spectre, at some point, grabs that dude up near the beginning, and then you see like all these he- superheroes fighting through the lens of of this guy. And, um, I, it's been a, a year since I read it, but basically, yeah, he just drags him around because specter powers and you don't know, like nobody knows they're there because the specter's like in a different kind of, yeah, different realm, sort of a yeah, different realm. And so they, um, uh, they mostly are just observers to the, the, the goings on of like this kind of superhero civil war thing that's going on. Because there's there's certain superheroes that want to like lock up um, all the super criminals and like beat them into a pulp. And Superman retired from fighting crime; he doesn't want to you know be in the middle of it anymore. And the Wonder Woman tries to go and convince him to come back, and it just kind of ends up being this big, you know. Well, here's a good picture. It's a two page spread of just a giant like superhero war. Yeah, that's pretty. That's some pretty stellar work. That's but pretty beautiful looking. I'm pretty, I'm, at some point, I remember Lex Luthor like literally puts a worm in the ear of um, he he might have still been Captain Marvel back in this. Yeah, I think he was Captain. He was Captain Marvel up until uh, I want to say early to mid two thousands. Right. But yeah, he uh, he literally has some kind of like worm thing in his ear, and he he's controlling him through that, and so that's how. There's kind of this superhero civil war thing going on. There's this great page in here somewhere where, um, like, the Flash, this entire comic, or this entire graphic novel, I guess I should say, um, is sort of in, like, this weird in-between. Like, he's always buzzing around. Like, he's he's always blurry. And he's always kind of, like, a little bit. Um, like he's not quite standing there with us, right? But I don't remember where that page is off the top of my head. Like here's a, an example of what I'm talking about. Like he's he's just like fidgety, like he's just buzzing, always like, looking, always moving, always doing. Yeah, yeah. like he's just always kind of like a little blurry and fidgeting around and stuff. But at one point, the only person that uh, sees the uh, the guy in the Spectre is the Flash because he's he's sort of buzzing in and out of like realities I guess and he he sees through the like the planes or whatever and he goes and he grabs him and pulls him out and then everybody knows that they he's been following him around so anyway just it's cool cool stories great artwork but but yeah like there's just a there's sort of an everyman there's a guy with no powers that just you know is following and you're getting the story through um, that guy. And there's a lot of like politics involved going on, trying to figure out if they should have more legislation about superheroes. And even if they could, if they can even do it like, so similar to civil war. Yeah. Although I believe that came first. Yeah. This, this came kingdom come yeah, came first. Kingdom come came first. 
I like this cover of uh, Spider-Man you got here, the web of Spider-Man. Yeah, so that's another thing, the, the cover. I'm a real sucker for, like, gimmicky covers, and <laughs> yeah. that, that one is holographic. Yeah, that's... And I just love a holographic cover every now and again. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, if it's, yeah, a real... <laughs> a real... Here's, here's this pay. I finally found it. But you see Flash in the bottom, like, corner, and how he's kind of got this look like, what the fuck is that over there? Oh, yeah. And then turn the page, and it's, like, literally him, like, ripping that guy out of, like, a different plane of existence. And Oh, wow. So, yeah, like, I just kind of, like, that's, I think that's my favorite part of that. Yeah, that's. Because he's, the Flash is just buzzing, like, between realities or whatever. Like, you think he's just fidgeting, but he's, like, so fast. He's, like, buzzing between different planes. He's trying to find a source of, like, the, is this Jay Garrick? Uh, I think it's Jay Garrick. Looks like he's got the hat yeah. on. Yeah, they're they're really big into the older portrayal of uh, yeah of heroes and the I guess the first versions of a lot of those heroes like Jay Garrick instead of Barry. But anyway, Barry Allen or Wally West. Yeah, who who who's your Flash? Who who's the like everybody? I, I didn't because my Flash has always been Barry Allen. Um. But there's, I've heard a lot I mean, of people say that Wally West is their. I think Flash. Wally West was the first one that I remember. Like, wasn't he the Flash in a lot of like the Justice League cartoons? Yeah, and, and that's that's weird because that's where I was first really introduced yeah. to, to characters like that. But honestly, I didn't start getting into the Flash till the TV show uh, came out, and so Barry Allen is the one I kind of, and that's the one that's the Flash now, if right. uh, memory serves. I think he's the, yeah, Barry Allen is the Flash now. Um, after the rebirth, you want to talk about an old comic? This, the web of Spider Man. There's a uh, advertisement in here for Game Boy Color. And, <laughs> the Spider Man and, and the Sega Game Gear. Ooh, damn, that's old. Yeah, this is like before they started lining the pages with that like plasticky. I don't know. Thing like keeps the pages from getting yellow. Yeah. So this is yeah. That's kind of the cool <laughs> thing about newer comics is one. You know what? One thing I don't really like, and this is weird that it bothers me. Uh, collectors, like I'm, I guess generally a collector right now because I I have a bunch of paper issues of of the magazines, and um, I haven't caught up on any of them like there's a handful of them that i've read but yeah. so technically yeah i'm a collector but i buy them because the story interests me and i'm going to read them because it's actually a plan i have is that on i either on youtube or tiktok or even on the podcast i'm going to start reviewing um doing special episodes where i review the issues of my comic books and going yeah. alphabetical order which is why i started reading airboy because it's the first one alphabetically sure That's um cool. but uh it bothers when people collect comics specifically to resell them i yeah. think i'm like why i have a bunch of collectibles you know like i collect figures i collect yeah. pop vinyls I have no intentions of selling them because right. what's even the point then right you know what i mean yeah. it's always something that really kind of bugs me because there's no no heart in it and there's so right. much love and, and and heart in these in comic books that to me doing that in using it for monetary gain and that's all you're doing it for diminishes everything all these right. people work for 
I, I, it's one thing that irritates just ever loving shit out of me. Right. I just I hate it. Well, plus like the upkeep, have having to have them all graded. Yeah, and I imagine it's cheaper if you send off like a thousand issues or something yeah, to get them all graded at once. But still, like having them graded is not cheap. And as I understand it, unless it's worth a lot, a lot of money, it's really by the time you get it, the grading done, you're not it's making not worth anything. It. It's, yeah, it's you have to mm-hmm. make sure that it's in pretty good condition and that it is could be potentially worth you know pretty good money to send it off. You don't have to. Yeah. I mean, you can send off whatever you want. Yeah, but it's pointless like my my issue 100 of web of spider-man is not worth getting no, that one, I, graded even though i thought i was like oh this is really cool and it's I, the first it's spider weird. armor and it's weird that but. you say that <laughs> somebody on it was facebook this is a few months ago somebody on facebook marketplace was selling or a comic book page i used to be on uh was selling that and they were selling it for i think they had it listed at 300 dollars. hell no and i commented said. <laughs> I don't know what world you live in. That's not worth three hundred dollars. Even grade it, not worth three hundred dollars. Yeah. And I and I double checked. And I looked it up. And I'm like, no, that's not. I I have no idea where you got. Where did you get? And that there's a lot of comments mirroring that. Like, where did you get this price from? And it was basically somebody who didn't really know. They kind of looked up comic books and then just sort of threw a price out there. And yeah. it was like, well, it's or best offer. I'm like, yeah, you don't start at three hundred. Like, yeah, yeah, you. I think I looked up, I found an issue that was similar. Like, mine's not beat up or anything, but it's it's far from pristine. And it was, like, worth $15 yeah. or something. Like, it's stuff like that. And that's, that, it's, it's that, that culture. And that's, it also, like, because you go in and you buy up all these comic books that you think are going to be worth a bunch of money. These yeah. spectators, or speculators, rather. Yeah. Uh, and they buy up all these comic books that they think are going to be worth a bunch of money. Because they introduced a character for the first time. And I'm talking about, like, uh, recently, probably the most recent one was um, a comic book called Hell Arisen. And it was the first full appearance of a character called Punchline, which was the is the Joker's new, I don't know, sidekick or whatever. And uh, they go in, they buy up all these issues just to try to resell them because they think that they're going to be worth a whole mess of money. And they're not right. like most modern comic books that you get today aren't worth anything. Like you will yeah, find some every now and again that are worth something. Yeah. But because they print so many, yeah, they're not worth anything. Cause you, they're a dime a dozen. Generally speaking, it's the right. same thing that happens with like the star, the star Wars toys. Like, yeah. The, the, if they're, if people, they're really old, the star Wars toys are worth a lot. Yeah, of those money. OG ones, the ones from the original trilogy, whenever they were first released in the, what 77, 80 and 83, Especially seventy seven, yeah. Um, when they were first released, because they didn't they didn't make any toys like for them. So if you can get those toys, they're worth a bunch of money. But right. when they did the re release, and then they did also uh, uh, the prequel trilogy, people yeah. went out and bought shit tons of these toys, but yep. they're worth nothing. Yep, I've got a Droideka at home that. I I never had any intention of getting rid of it, but it was like the most popular one from that first from the Phantom Menace, and I still have it. And I don't. It, it's probably not worth more than five. That's the Destroyer Droids, right? Yeah. 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 I'm never really sure if people will recognize them by Droid Echo or by Destroyer Droid. So I. Yeah, it's I I I knew what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I'm not. I think I think Destroyer Droid is where most people would know okay. what it is. Um, um, I also have like. 
I didn't buy a, a crap ton of them, but when the new 52 started, yeah, I bought two copies of, I think, Justice League and Detective Comics and Superman. Mm-hmm. and Or I think it was Action Comics, probably. Anyway... And I bought two copies and one up, like I bought some bags and boards and I put, the, you know, one of each in a bag and board and never touched it again. And then when the, the DC movie started to come out, um, like right around probably Justice League, those probably peaked at like 40 or 50 bucks or something an issue yeah. if they were graded and pristine. But I'm not grading mine. I don't really want to get rid Cost of them. like I 30 just, bucks. Yeah. So I just like, I'll just have these. And then like one day my kids or my grandkids yeah. will just be like, what? This is like a perfect never touched copy like, of this comic yeah book. you're like, like don't touch it yeah like don't touch it <laughs> maybe you can sell it when i'm dead i don't know <laughs> my uncle and i've tried for the past few years trying to get him to let me look at his collection of comic books because they're from whenever he was kid a, a kid mm-hmm. and um last i saw them i was way younger and i wasn't nearly as into comic books as i am now which is weird because i'm an adult man yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but as a child, I wasn't as into comic books yeah. because they were nerdy. They weren't cool. and um, Also probably a little less accessible unless you lived in a big city. It's true. A comic it was store. a lot harder to, to get comic books at that time. Now you can get them at Walmart. Yeah. Or you can just buy them online from like anywhere yeah. and have them delivered to your house. Or you can buy them at Man Cave Comics and Collectibles in Shelbyville, Indiana. You also could do that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he had them in a suitcase just piled up in the suitcase, not even like stacked neatly, like just haphazardly thrown yeah. in. And thinking of it now makes my head hurt. <laughs> like, what did I just do? Because you have these comics that are just sitting there. They're signed and you don't have them anything. What did I just do for you? <laughs> You brought out a handful of bags and boards and demanded that I put them in them. <laughs> because that's what you should do. Yeah. All of my comics, except for the ones that aren't, uh, are bagged and boarded. <laughs> All like, of them except the ones that aren't. Yeah. Well, they're they're recent acquisitions, and I just don't have time. Uh, <laughs> because I'm doing this podcast and TikTok videos. Right. Because that's what's important in life. Yeah. You got it. <sighs> Is it, though? Is it, though? <laughs> The podcast is important. The podcast is important. TikTok videos, though. <laughs> Real hit and miss. Real hit and miss. I'm doing, uh, I did one, I did one advertising this, the podcast, and I didn't hashtag right, but you can't go back and edit. Oh, that's dumb. So I have to delete the video and re upload it. But now it has like yeah. 150 views, which isn't a lot. Yeah. So I'm but. like, do I keep it? Or do I not? And then people commented because I told them to leave comments for, uh, topic ideas yeah and i have one topic idea that somebody suggested and then people commenting because i was wearing an angel grove uh gym and juice bar shirt <laughs> they're like cool shirt i'm like thanks thanks cool cool you got a topic for me right <laughs> but uh because i don't i can't think of topics so i either farm it out to my co-hosts <laughs> <laughs> and i always say i have this dumb idea <laughs> Yeah, that's how he starts off everything. Like he comes up to me at work, and he's just he's like, I have this dumb idea. I'm like, I guarantee it's probably not dumb. And then he says something such as, we should talk about uh, we should talk about what turns us on for comic books, what, what, what makes you buy a comic book. 
And I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. That's not even, that, what do you mean that's a dumb idea? Jesus. So self-deprecating to a fault. Like, because you say that and I'm expecting like something like, let's talk about our bowel movements. And I'll be like, all right, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Couldn't get less views. Right. <laughs> that's another thing I miss, I miss doing on this show is like, constant thing that me and joseph would always do was like comment on how we have only have 12 listeners yeah well, that's i can't 12. remember where that number came from it's probably 12 <laughs> more than i have on mine <laughs> like I, I think it was we, we looked at the downloads and it was like 12 and i was like yeah that sounds Ooh. about right and you could say you got a a dozen a dozen listeners say, yeah that's that's it though although i did see like uh Last episode, after a day, it had 99 listens Dang. on SoundCloud. I was like, hey, I know moving up in the world. Somebody at work was like, were you on Jake's podcast? And I was like, no, they weren't. Yeah. Like, Are you serious? Yeah. Like, I don't know how <laughs> how uh, identifying you want me to be about but, uh, Colin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, were you on Jake's podcast? And I was like, well, if you knew the podcast at all then you would already know <laughs> but he was like i thought i knew that voice he said, you guys did a really good job like yeah he, he he started listening he was asking michelle about it and he started uh listening to it, like legitimately listening to yeah. it and I was, I was like holy shit someone's actually listening to this why why <laughs> he said because we did a real good job i constantly he learned I, stuff about marvel <laughs> movies that he didn't know i, I had uh, one of my friends she uh what did uh, she asked me how I was doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just working in podcasting. She's like, Oh yeah, what's your podcast called? And I told her, and uh, her name is Emily. So she's listening to this. She's probably not actually. She's probably be nice. And <laughs> she says, she's like, Oh, I'll download that and listen to it. I'm like, Okay, or not? I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I don't understand why why anybody actually listens to this. Like, yeah, I'm the same way with mine. Like when I did an interview in my last podcast, all of a sudden I had two or three people going, "Hey, can I talk about this band and that band?" And I was like, "You listened to my <laughs> podcast enough to know that I had an interview." How about that? Yeah. <laughs> it's in my. I think it was my mother. Might have been Michelle too. I can't remember. But somebody was telling me like, "Yeah, you shouldn't do that because it might turn people off to the show." I'm like. I think it could turn less people off. Like, yeah. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> I don't think it's I'm going like, to hurt it that much. It's like saying you're turning the lights off in a room that's already dark. Like, yeah, well, it's like, all right. Well, <laughs> all right. Two more people uh, won't listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys are out there, we love you. Yeah, all 12 of you, we really love that yeah. you listen to our show. It's, oh. uh, this is the best incarnation of the show, I think. The, the one yeah. that we're doing currently, like, with you and Joseph and Zach, me and Zach recorded a really great episode. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it wasn't recording, but <laughs> it was, that really bummed me out. Like I had to block cause me and Zach haven't got to sit down and talk and bullshit in a, a very long time. Cause you know, he has a kid and life and right. And I work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won't say a, that I have a wife, have, but you have I have a wife. I have a wife, but like, we don't talk. Who's she? <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Um, but we sat down. We we're bullshit and have a really great time. 
And then I went to go turn it off, and I looked, and it was already off. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and it was like an hour and a half or two hours of just us straight talking. Yeah. And it was – didn't happen. Like, I I got eight minutes of it, and I was gonna, I kept it. I have it on the computer. I'm like, I can use it for something. Yeah, use it for something. But I don't think I can. So he, he is, he's like, why don't you use it as a preview? I'm like, because I'll just release the real episode as a preview. Yeah. <laughs> So he's supposed to come over in the morning and we might record again. See if, see see if we can, maybe we'll record. Re- recreate the magic. Yeah, I doubt it. It'll be way more streamlined. It won't be so uh, scattered. Just be an hour. You guys going, uh. Well, we already know uh, this about each other now. <laughs> uh, Beavis? Uh, Beavis? <laughs> I am a great one. What y'all? So can I talk about boobs for a minute? I suppose you can if you want to. You want to be that degrading? That's cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> being a a man, especially when I was in college and single, if I when I saw this, I was like, yeah, I just I'm buying that. I like I like that you you said like you were a kid, but it wasn't. You were in college. <laughs> like, yeah. well, you know, when I was in college, you know, when I was a man, <laughs> was I? Mm. Are we? Are we? <laughs> you know, twenty nine. Am I? But yeah, I'm just that's it. If I see if I see boobs on a comic, I'll probably buy it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be I'll at least look. I mean, that's not usually the determining factor for me. But yeah, but you know, is that one on a toilet? Uh, no, she's just sitting on a chair. Oh, okay. Well, it's just like how do you realistically draw somebody sitting on a chair and? You know, women have actual skin and not like, yeah, not like yeah. not like porcelain, like doll never never stretches or wrinkles or anything. But I do kind of love how this this uh, this is Terry Moore's How to Draw Women, and there is a woman on here with some cleavage. But then you you actually get into it, and he's like, you know, women have like skin and it's real and you can't just like act like they're skinny and all the same size and the right. waists or you could get your hand all the way around like yeah that's that's honestly one of my biggest pet peeves is like i think there's a famous drawing of um spider woman oh yeah doing like the crawling over the top of the but like, it is such an unnatural weird pose yeah and the proportions are so ridiculous yeah i never understood and that's frequent and that's even today if you're on Facebook and you're on like a comic book page or you're even on like, let's say comic book movie.com. Yeah. That's the chief thing. Like one of the things I read and it irritated me so much was whenever Gal Gadot was uh, cast as Wonder Woman, they said she isn't busty enough. I'm like, why does that matter to the character? Yeah. Like that, that is matter? infuriating to me that people still think like that in in what it, it was what 2017 whenever she was cast or 2016 when she was cast but even today like it still goes on on facebook yeah. whenever people are like oh she's so hot and it's a picture of a cartoon person and the proportions are ridiculous yeah you know what i mean like it's just <sighs> upsetting just yeah that's a, is that it, it, but is it uh, how to how to draw women which is yeah honestly whenever i would draw that's I I could not draw women. Period. Like that was probably one of the 
toughest things, and that it's I don't know why. I mean, the only thing you really have to go off of when you're drawing is what comic books show. Yeah, and the, that's and if not you're realistic. drawing Spider Woman. Yeah, if you're drawing Spider <laughs> Woman in a, in a ridiculous pose, then yeah, yeah that's that you can go right to that. But other right. than that, you don't really have a lot of examples of realistic women to try to learn it. Cause that's how I would learn how to draw was I would draw whatever I had available to me, which ended up being a lot of like Batman and, and, uh, uh Superman and the flash and stuff like that. Martian Manhunter. Whenever I was a kid. Now I try to learn how to draw by not drawing. Right. <laughs> so that's how you do it. I really liked um, the new 52 Catwoman and the I'm not actually sure how to pronounce this artist's name like Guillaume March and I always thought a Catwoman I mean she was attractive and she was sexy but she also was like realistic yeah like this covers a little like a little bit on the okay that's getting kind of out but like she a lot of times like she's she's not really super duper skinny like she's a little chunky and it's just like that's realistic yeah like it's not all, she's average she yeah. looks like a real person right generally speaking but sometimes they draw her ridiculously yeah i mean that but i'm glad to see though it seems to be in most modern comic books um they've toned down how they draw women and it's it's not nice to see that they finally are like hey you know what right people <laughs> Maybe people actually want to see realistically drawn people because it's it, it, their whole idea. I'm and I imagine, and this is probably true for a time. Was boys read comic books, girls yeah. didn't read comic books, so you have to garner the boys, and unfortunately, that's what most boys think of. So you draw like that, but they didn't think that there's these young girls who are reading comic books and they're seeing this, and then they have these really re- unrealistic expectations of their own bodies, right? And it's luckily it seems for the most part they've kind of chilled out on that and they're doing a far better job at drawing a realistic woman. So like that's Catwoman's face from that run, and yeah. she's oh, like that's such great art. And she's not like ugly, but yes. she doesn't have that that kind of that thing where you think like Wonder Woman, where that like perfectly sculpted like cheekbone and jaw and that yeah. like feminine yet strong somehow like you know. Thing. Like she, she looks like a real regular person, except for this uh, top panel. Yeah, that, like I said, they, it wasn't perfect. Yeah, it, it was 2011. It was a little different. That top panel is like she's in, that's inhumanly flexible, right? But like this one, like she's she is not like perfectly skinny and like the traditional kind of comic book depiction of women. So right. I, just, I really dug this art, and it wasn't perfect, but. It was a step in the right direction. A step in the right direction. Um. Anyway, I want to run kind of through the rest of this real quick, the stack, and then we can just talk about whatever you want. But like, <laughs> well, it's your show for the most part. It's kind of our show. But it's, it's our show. show. It's it's all of our shows. But one thing that m- will make me pick up a comic book is if it is uh, a tie-in to something that I'm already familiar with. What so, is Mass Effect? It's actually Miss Effect. <laughs> it's a comic book about Mass Avenue in Indianapolis. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Mass, 
Mass Effect is a uh, so it's a very, bloody affair, you say? Yeah. <laughs> God, it's it's a very famous video game trilogy. <laughs> it, there's more than three games in the series now, but a lot of people don't count the last one because it wasn't. They're making a fourth one, aren't they? Well, that there is a fourth one that people didn't. No, not love. that one. Uh, like an actual fourth one. I haven't heard anything recently. I heard some bubblings about that it the that the game series was not dead. They they were still planning on having other other games and that they are maybe going to remaster the first 3. But but that's something that'll make me pick up a comic book is if I'm like, "Oh, Mass Effect" or "Oh, hey, Harry Potter" or just just something that I'm familiar with and I go, "Hey, look. It's that thing I know." And I yeah. just and I want to pick that up and like and these Mass Effect comics are they're okay. There's a I've got more than this one, but like they're fine. Yeah, they're, honestly, they're nothing really special, but it expands stuff about characters that you didn't know, and it's kind of fun to to see some background stuff that wasn't in the game or it wasn't in the movie or show or whatever it is that, right. it, that it came from. See, most most so, uh, tie-ins, I generally I won't read because they're usually not very good and yeah. they're inconsequential to the main story. Right, which is what led. Me and Joseph argue a lot about like why the prequels aren't good. He says they are because he's read a lot of the expanded universe yeah. and watched the Clone Wars and the Rebels. I'm like, Those okay, really but they good. should stand on their own. Like the prequels should stand on their own. You shouldn't have to ha- do, you know, 112 of hours of homework yeah. to enjoy these movies. Right. But so the expanded stuff, I I did read um, Hitman. Okay. Uh, they did. Yeah. They, whenever they re, re, they recently started, and they're going to re-release the third one of uh, Hitman. Uh, they did from who is it? Idos? Is that who it is? Or the Square Enix? Uh, I thought it was Square Enix. Might but... be Square Enix. Um, but whoever's doing it presently, I think it's Square Enix. I think you're right. But either way, they did that. But they did like a prequel comic book. It yeah. wasn't bad, but again, it was inconsequential to right. the main story but he if didn't... you love that and you want to and i did dive and in... i enjoyed it i enjoyed yeah. reading it and uh but it, it it meant nothing like it was just an entertaining yeah uh, comic book to read maybe trivia like you could yeah be a, you could be like a... oh i know kind of what you know it's you know little tidbits now yeah. and, and maybe though... maybe you'll be interesting at a party or something yeah <laughs> it's probably not but no i wouldn't be <laughs> I'll never be interesting in a party because nobody wants to know that Jim Gaffigan's been on the Law and Order shows like <laughs> fucking eight times or whatever. Well, I actually think it's like five times, but whatever. Right. That's the shit that I know, and that's the thing that nobody <laughs> finds interesting. So right. And the fact that I know the backstory of Agent Forty Seven and his compatriot means nothing to nobody. Right. <laughs> like it barely means anything to me. Right. <laughs> and so. The last three I have here, I really like because they're just kind of simple. Ooh. Like this minimalist kind of, it's just very simple. So I've heard I, a lot about Superman Birthright. I've never read it. So Superman Birthright was also by Mark Wade. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just kind of love Mark Wade so much. Uh, and then, um, I don't, like, Lenal Francis Yu, I'm not I probably butchered their first name, but that I love their art. <laughs> Great artist. But anyway... Um, and then the saga, uh, book one, like the, yeah, I've got, uh, the first, like think three volumes of that. Yeah. 
and then Watchmen, and they're just like really striking, just kind of simple. Like it's not a big flashy like with the Ultimates. It kind of had this like this arc of things. It's like scientifically like the perfect right you know, spiral. Is supposed these to, are like, more basic. Yeah, they're just very minimalist, but they're intriguing enough. Yeah, that particularly the Watchmen and the Saga cover, but like the Watchmen cover is like, okay, what's all this about? And that's yeah. you, just from that cover alone, you want to pick it up and you want to read it. Uh, right. Superman Birthright. I mean, if you like Superman, that's a pretty stellar take on the character on there, right there on the front. Um, but then you have Saga, and you're like, okay, why does that baby have horns? Why are they in space? What is the that a giant on? boob? Is that a giant boob? <laughs> uh, and spoiler uh, alert, it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting you want to read that and i still haven't read it i have it should i know (laughs) you know you got to start with airboy yeah i gotta start with airboy and get work my way through but it's all goes down the line yeah it's it's got a ways to go before it gets it but uh one of the things like watchmen i probably bought this like right when the movie was coming out so Mm -hmm. like 2008 ish late 2008 or yeah right and it was just so famous that I already I hadn't read it, but I already knew what it was. It was just right. Some some comics are just so famous when you walk in. They you rise see, above. Yeah, Watchmen, Dark Knight. They're pop culture. They're they're you know what they are. Yeah, and it, most people, even comic book people who don't read comic books, know what Watchmen is, and that's mainly to do with the movie. Right. Um, but they know what it is because of how big it is and how right. it, it surpassed the medium it was no longer just a comic book this was literature right and like this uh, it has the dc logo on it but at the time it wasn't yeah but at like but this the red blood stain over the the eye of the pen is like that's its own logo like yeah that's pretty famous like a lot of people just know when they see that that red blood stain they know exactly what what that is yeah that's um yeah, that's and I don't believe at the time of its release, I don't think it was DC. Um, might have been Vertigo, which is owned by DC, but it didn't go under DC. Now, now the Watchmen universe is 100% under the DC yeah. continuity because of the Doomsday Clock, um, which is another thing I have yet to read. <laughs> but uh, it's been a long time since I've read Watchmen. Right. Um, yeah, I haven't read it recently. I know that it it's... ends vastly differently yeah well, it's it's really depressing and 2020 is not the year to read a really depressing comic no. book that talks about like the uselessness of you know trying to do anything and yeah <laughs> all the like, why try right but yeah it's it's uh it's too depressing for me to want to read it now but one of the things that kept me reading it like this is because it's this style layout, like the nine panel thing that, yeah. that, that you don't see that a lot anymore. Cause it's kind of antiquated now. Yeah. But it's, it's neat. And it was one of the, the kind of the early ish, I won't say the first, but examples of where this was sort of modular like this, you can combine three of the panels together and make one yes. like wide kind of screen image. Or, you know, you could have, um, two in the middle that are kind of combined in together and it's just sort of like modular you can have a little bit you can combine a couple but everything's of them so and... symmetrical almost yeah. like it's just i mean it's 
breathtaking artwork and it's I mean it, the layout is beautiful it's perfect I mean it's probably the closest thing we can have to a perfect comic book right but then like one of the greatest things about this book is that it's split up with um, some actual like literature where yeah it's the um, the book like the fictional book within the within the series called under the hood and uh, so you actually like stop at the end of each like each chapter I guess and then there's like some actual literature to read and it just sort of gives you some backstory into some of the stuff that's going on and why these characters are the, the way, way they, they are and yeah. how they got to be in the position they're in and stuff. So and it has just the right amount too, because as we all know, books are for nerds, right? You know, so it didn't have too much to make it a book, right? It's just a couple just of enough to give of, you some information. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and this would probably be 20 pages worth of art and, and it like, You'd be like, okay, I've been reading forever. What's the point? Like, what are we right. getting? It's something about a guy with some, like, fake boobs in his drawer, and he runs a car shop, and his wife cheated on him, and he, he liked Wagner. And, like, okay, like, it's been 20 minutes. I've been reading. Where, where's this going? And this, you can read this in a couple of minutes. And it's like, oh, okay, like, now I'm starting to understand right. where Night Owl kind of got his start. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the, the first Night Owl, anyway. Yeah. But – but anyway, so it's just really striking. It's it's high contrast, and um, so when I saw this at the store, um, I don't remember how old I was when that movie came out. Probably sixteen, seventeen, and then for the like the next two years, like basically the rest of the time I was in high school, I bought a pin with this this it was the smiley face with the blood stain on it, and I wore it on my shirt every single day at high school for like two years. And yes, everybody thought I was like a psychopath or something. Like, <laughs> As you do. Right. I still have it. And I my mom bought me like a bunch of watchman pins and they just had like the faces of the characters and stuff on them and they're up in my studio room, like pinned to the soundproofing stuff. But yeah, I don't wear them anymore. But yeah, there was a, a cringy time in my life where I wore a watchman pin like every single day. In my I life. uh I used to so wear that logo just means a lot to me. People knew what it was and everything. It's just I used to wear a bunch of like Marilyn Manson pins and and I had like a fedora with pins in it and of course you did. Yeah, that was one of those. I was <laughs> yeah. like really douchey gothic asshole <laughs> in high school. And it was it explains your love for him. <laughs> Actually him came after high school. Really? I hated him in high school. Hated him. I thought it was the dumbest music I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> And then it was, <laughs> you know, it's fucked up. She knows how to open a door. Yeah. She, the other day, Michelle caught her trying to reach for the doorknob to turn it. I mean, that's what she's doing now. She see, she knows that that's how you open the door. Right, give me a second. Entertain those people. <laughs> she's like, I will. But, um, like when I first picked up Saga, there's, there's another thing that'll make me pick up a comic book suggestion a lot of times i'll go into a store and i'll just find the whoever's behind the desk and say hey what have you been reading lately like what 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 what's something you can't put down like what you have to have every issue of it and that's what happened with saga i walked into a comic book store i was like 
Now, what's what's been out recently that's like really cool and just kind of different and something I can like start at issue one and not have like 30, 40 issues to dig through. And he was like Saga, definitely Saga. Like there's only, I think there's like a trade right there and then like the next issue and then so you can get caught up and like get going. And so I picked up Saga and I, I never stopped buying trades of this. I waited for trades, but every time there was a new trade, I would like seriously monitor it. And as soon as it was available to order like on Amazon, it. I'd buy it and get it like the day that it came out and read it like that same day or within the next day or so. And it's just so good. What's weird is that the reason I got the first two volumes of Saga, which I think I bought them at Man Cave Comics, but it, I, it was at Indiana Comic Con. And I was just looking at comic books. Yeah. And then some <laughs> just burst right through, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> She scared herself. What an idiot. <laughs> What's going on? Anyways, so this I was... Is, this is what happens with cats at 2 in the morning. They just... They have the, the 2 a.m. crack, and they just... My sister calls it because their dog does it. Uh, they call it the zoomies. Yeah. That's what she's got right now. She's trying to maintain, though. Yeah. She doesn't want you to know about the zoomies. Yeah, but she's she's got them. Anyways, so I was at Indiana Comic Con. I was just looking at some comic books, some trade paperbacks, and trying yeah. to figure out something. And then some just rando just walked up, and he's like, hey, if you're looking for something to read. And he picked up the Saga Volume 1, and he handed it to me. He said, read that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just that easy to, like, somebody yeah. just like, hey, you should read this. And you're like, all right, that, that's it. I'm to me, what that, what that said to me was, like, somebody enjoyed that book enough to go up to a a complete stranger yeah and say hey read this this is really good they don't know me they yeah. don't they they know nothing about me but it must be so universal that they feel confident enough to bring it to somebody's attention to right. tell to read it that that turns me on to comic books there too it's, it's the love some people have for it it's unlike so generally whenever a tv show or a movie is getting you know, praise out the ass. Right. I won't watch it because it's no way can meet that hype. Yeah. That... But for some reason, when it comes to comic books, if somebody in that situation, like comes up to a stranger and tells them, Hey, read this. I will read that. I will pick it up and I, and I haven't read it, but I, <laughs> but, but I will to. think about it. I will think about, <laughs> but I, it stuck with me enough that I bought it whenever yeah. I didn't buy it there uh, because generally speaking at the comic cons they're overpriced. Yeah. Um, so I bought it at Tim's and right. That's actually I'm more. I look at that. The more I kind of just want to skip to it and read it. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic and you can fill me on on stuff. Cause I'll be like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Cause that? it's been a little bit, especially since I read this first book. I That's pretty Thick ass book, thick ass boy. Yeah, that's like a I don't know what they call those compendiums, yeah, or compendium. it's like fifty issues or whatever makes it a compendium. But feels like it's been read a lot. Um, it was in sort of bad shape when I got it, oh, and okay. then like the spine is not really glued down very well. Yeah, I was so say, I'm kind of I, I feel yeah uneasy I'm, flipping through that, so I'm not going to. Oh, that's all right. I I, <laughs> I I I don't read it like a lot anymore, but um, I probably read it maybe twice, but the um. One of the things is just like, I think that 
comic book nerds at a comic book store are very like picky and they're not going to suggest something to you if it's not great. Yeah. At least that's a vibe I've gotten a lot anyway from, from people in stores because you'll go in there and they'll be like, yeah, did you read the new flash? Be like, ah, it sucked. I, I hated the Solomon Grundy kind of, ruined everything well you know like they're they're kind of harsh and yeah. as expensive as comic books are getting and if you're buying like 20 issues a, a month like that's a significant amount of money now yeah and so like that better be worth your money and i i do give you see i get people ask me that like what do you like what do you read and again like i said before i i think and that's what's going to be tough about reviewing comic books is that i've not run into a comic book that i hate right you know i enjoy reading comic books i enjoy the art i enjoy the stories even if they're not very good i still had a good time reading it yeah. so i'm fine um it's so when like, people ask me i i give them that i give them like a precursor of like i haven't run into one that i don't like that being said what i'm currently enjoying now is whatever right. and it's kind of like me with video games i'm like i'm having fun with this but i wouldn't have paid 60 dollars for it yeah, I'm a little more critical when like, it comes to like movies or TV shows or video yeah. games. But comic books, I'm not at all. It might have something to do with I am paid in credit, so all yeah. my comic books are essentially like I work for them, but like they're free. And um, so, so I think that's part of it is that I don't actually have to put my money down for it. Right. Generally speaking, now if I don't go in and work uh, for a couple weekends, then yeah, I've got to drop a little bit of money to to pick up my comic books. But uh. Generally speaking, they're free, so I, I I can enjoy them a little bit more. Right, which is can be a problem because I have a biased opinion. Apparently, it's where it's just like I don't know, it's free and yeah, and I had a fun time. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like this is a medium that I just really enjoy, and yeah. even if it's not the best one I've ever read, like I, you know like chicken nuggets like even if it wasn't like great like i love chicken nuggets still so chicken that's, nuggets yeah that's and that's part of the reason is like because growing up i always wanted to be a writer that's what i wanted to be i always wanted to be a screenwriter and i always then... wanted to be a ghostwriter <laughs> wait like that crappy pbs show or like the motorcycle riding skull on fire one that was also a crappy pbs show as far <laughs> as i'm concerned <laughs> but um so i want to always <laughs> <laughs> right and then i was like i wanted to write a novel and i wanted to write a screenwriter and then as i started to get more into comic books and just enjoying it i'm like why don't i just do this this is what i really want to do because i have fun doing this and like yeah. i can't imagine like even if i don't even if the comic book's not great like you can still have a good time reading it so right. you know it can't be and terrible and unless it's a you know a graphic novel or a compendium type it's probably going to take you less than 10 minutes to read a comic book exactly yeah and i'm a slow very incredibly slow reader so like me too you know it takes me probably at least 10 minutes to read a comic book i know people can flip through several comic books in 10 minutes but like i want to enjoy the art and really study every little thing and then read the but it's easier to read because there's like one little blip here one little blip there and yeah it's you and know. you you're basically guided the entire way right. down and and but the it's not pictures a, help out a lot. Yeah, but it's not a huge time suck. So you, it's not like, man, I can't believe it wasn't great like a movie. I wasted yeah, two hours not, of my life. You know, like, I just wasted ten minutes. Oh well. Yeah, yeah well. Yeah, you pick up a different comic book and move on. Like, and you'll find something else that you like. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah, it's uh, comic books are. This one's hard. 
Yeah, that one, that one is, yeah, that one. <laughs> it looks tough, too. Like, it looks like you can beat the shit out of somebody with it. It probably has, given the, the spine issue. <laughs> what, what, what turned you on to the Superman birthright? What, what got you, what uh, made you buy that? The price tag, the little ten dollars. It is only ten bucks. That would that would pretty much get me to buy it too. Right, like that's another thing. Um, so I if the price is right, if the price is right, and I love going to comic book stores that have like a half price shelf. Oh for my like god, yes. returns or people that you know sold them in for store credit or whatever, and then they have these half price shelves. This one was um, there was this itty bitty bookstore right off campus in Muncie. Um, I think it was called like the White Rabbit or White Rabbit Books or something mm-hmm. like that. And the guy was just buried in books, like literal like stacks, like just, eh, you know, just throw a bunch of books in the corner. Like he doesn't even know what's in that stack. But like it was such a weird, eclectic little store. It had a spiral staircase and a second like story which was like lined with like old like Victorian bookshelves and stuff. And he had like a weird old dusty chair that if you bought something, you could go sit and read under this like weird old lamp if you wanted to. This is like a magical little store. Where was this at? Is it, it still existing? Uh, I don't think it's still open. I could check, but I think it closed sometime right after I graduated or right before I graduated. Cause but, I would make a trip there. But yeah, it was just like, it was a little store, like in a strip mall and it was two stories and there was just, there was a section near the front for comic books, and I remember that this was standing up there, and it was ten bucks, and it's a full size graphic novel, and I was like, "Well, this will probably keep me busy for like an afternoon." Ten bucks, Superman and Mark Wade, like hell yeah, and I mean, and it's a great little story, and I really love the artwork, and I mean, I've um, heard nothing but great things about uh, Superman Birthright. Yeah, like it's one of the the things where. Um, Mark Mark Wade really thought about how Clark Kent should be, and that's a twenty dollar book. Is it today? Yeah. Hmm. There you go. And um, it's just uh, like I somewhere in here, basically Clark Kent take like reads an acting book and like learns how to be a dweeb to be Clark Kent. Right. And it was just like, it wasn't just the glasses. Like he, he puts on clothes that are loose fitting. So you can't see all his muscles. Yeah. And he puts the glasses on and he puts his hair a different way and he slouches and he's a whole different guy. And he's not just, he put on the glasses. Nobody knew it was Superman. See, like he's still six foot four. And like, you could probably tell he's a pretty big dude, but like, he hun- he's see. hunched over and he's goofy and he trips over his own shoelaces and stuff and he plays a character and I just thought man that is such a good see that's what they take on Clark Kent that's what made me interested in they the member the Superman lives the the ill fated Tim Burton Superman movie um Had, that didn't actually come out right no it never okay. happened but I vaguely Nicolas Cage was going to play Nicholas Cage was set to play yeah, that's right yeah because he's obsessed with Superman yeah, uh, yeah, and he, he has did. now played Superman in the, the Lego like no in the um Teen Titans go to the movies that's it yeah. yeah I was like I knew he played Superman something finally and it was like his big dream come true but it was uh he named his son Kal El if memory serves yeah that's right but he um so he uh the idea was and I. I don't know if they're taking it from this or not because I think this came out after that was happening. Yeah. Um, but his Superman was wearing loose-fitting clothes. 
and his hair was sort of you know disheveled and he was just real clumsy and slouched and he like it was specifically like stuff that they had said about it and I, I always thought whenever I heard that because after watching uh, the the really great documentary if you can find it I think it's on like um Venmeo is it Ven, Venmo Venmeo yeah uh it's on there and you can watch it, but it's there might as well be an ad for Vimeo in this old Spider-Man comic I was <laughs> yeah. talking about earlier. But if you go and you, and you look it up, it's called, um, the death of Superman lives. Yeah. Really, really great documentary uh, about it. And it shows a bunch of concept art, uh, tells the complete story. Cause all we ever had to go on was that Nicholas Cage was going to play Superman. And we got this really, this Polaroid picture of a really crappy looking Superman suit. Um, with a bunch of lights on it. Yeah. Uh, but it's explained in context in the documentary. So if you get a chance to go out and watch that, watch that, because it's pretty spectacular. But they took ideas that sounded very similar to that, and I thought that was um, really interesting. To, uh, to Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So the, the kind of the beginning of this um, comic – or the, this graphic novel, I guess. It probably originally was in issues. But anyway, it, at the beginning of Birthright, one of the things that kept me reading this, which talk about anatomy of a good comic book, is it's kind of one of the saddest fucking things ever, like right at the beginning, because they start with a lot of Superman origin stories with like the destruction of Krypton. Mm-hmm. And so the his parents are putting him in the little pod, and um, his mother says like he'll survive in that environment and his dad says survive like the ecology there will be his armor he'll be you know it'll strengthen everything about him he'll be that world's man of tomorrow and she says and how far away is it and he gives his son a kiss and says far and then they say goodbye my son and then he says forgive me as they're like launching him away and his mother says You've nothing to be sorry for, my love. You gave Kal-El all a father can give his son. You gave him every chance. And then his dad says, but will that be enough? And his mom says, we'll never know. Oh, that's as the planet like explodes in the tiny pieces and the, and the rocket is blasting off. That's heartbreaking. I know. And you're like, well, I have to keep reading it because that was sad, and I need Superman beating up Lex Luthor or something to yeah, something happy. Yeah, like I need something. And then it it pretty much skips right to Clark Kent being like a a grown a grown man. But like, look what I was talking about, like this loose fitting shirt that he's wearing. Yeah, and like you can't really like he's this Clark Kent maybe isn't like the the six foot four bodybuilder right. exactly, but he's, he looks he's, a little younger in yeah, this one. I think he's still a teenager. Like he might not be Superman, Superman yet. Uh, but, but it does cut from that to something like funnier, kind of a little more lighthearted. I like that art style too. Right away. Yeah, I do. Lo- I love this artist. Like I was saying earlier, but yeah, like that's anatomy of a great comic book. If you read in the first few pages are really sad. Like you can't stop. You reading. have to, <laughs> You have to push forward to be like, all right, there's got to be something happier at the end yeah. of this. And then before you know it, you've got him like flying over a herd of zebra <laughs> out in the, and he's just like exploring the world and that's stuff. So hopeful. He's just, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, there was a line and it's uh, in um, look, look how happy the, he is. He, he looks ecstatic. He doesn't yeah. know that all the sadness that happened. Yeah, he doesn't know his parents are dead. And, <laughs> but there was uh, so I was reading the rebirth Batman issue. Number one. 
and there's a really great moment in there where this plane is getting ready to crash into uh, Gotham City. So Batman has to get on it, and he's trying to maneuver the plane. He has it set up so he can have, he has like thrusters and shit on, and he's trying to get it to. He's gonna crash it into uh, whatever lake or ocean, whatever they have there by Gotham City. And so as he's going down, he's talking to Alfred. And Alfred's like, you know, the impact's gonna kill you. And he's like, yeah, but it'll save the city. And he asks Alfred, he's like, uh, he's like, would they be proud of me? Would my parents be proud of me? Yeah. And he's like, of course they would. I'm proud of you. And it, was, I was like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then he obviously doesn't die because it continued on for another like 90 issues or whatever but like he ended up in France and (laughs) Alfred was like you son of a bitch he was like "Eh, don't say anything (laughs) (laughs) why did we choose this cafe (laughs) before anybody comments yes we know why they chose the cafe it was on purpose (laughs) just want to make sure nobody like you guys don't know what you guys don't know movies. Well, shut up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know movies to be fair. <laughs> I know you do. I know yeah. all the movies. All the movies. <laughs> I was like trying to think of that line from that movie. Like I was born with you were you were born with movies. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> see. <laughs> I was you were no. I was uh. You merely adopted the, the movies. movies. <laughs> I was born in it. <laughs> Molded by it. Molded <laughs> Our terrible Bane impersonations. <laughs> I didn't see modern CG graphics until I was a man grown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Star Wars used rotoscoping. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lost art right there. It's- T- turn into like old man Bane like back in my day back in my day <laughs> rotoscoping was an art form <laughs> little women in Korea had to paint every single cell of animation <laughs> I just watched something about the old Tron movie you know how they did the effect of like the light up suits in the original Tron yeah, and they ultimately had to go through and like they filmed it a, a special way, to where they had to go out and cut out all the singular shapes that had to be, uh, or uh, the silhouettes of the people. Yeah, to put in there or something like that. It's on. It's on the corridor crew, uh, YouTube thing when they react to Tron. And yeah. it's it's a wonder that movie ever, like, ever came to be with how much trouble they had right like they yeah. had to go through a, a bunch to get that movie out and then i remember reading and it's something. not even that good yeah <laughs> but the special effects for Are pretty stellar like, yeah like they never seen anything like that and i remember at one point like the budget was so tight they were having to build buy like different film stocks and stuff that didn't quite match so whenever they had to change film stock they just like covered it up with like a weird digital glitch that blew all the way across the sky or whatever and that's why it looks weird now but it's just like <laughs> brilliant though really that's pretty yeah pretty awesome we don't uh, know movies we shut, don't. Yeah, shut up we guy know? that th- said we didn't know movies. theoretical guy who didn't yeah know. theoretical straw man guy that we can now <laughs> put in his place so if you uh so if you had to pick a, a you know any comic book or com- a couple comic books to recommend to our 12 
listeners. <laughs> well, who? What would you? What would you choose? Well, uh, I guess it would depend on maybe their their comic book literacy level. They've never really read a comic book before. Uh, Superman Birthright is great because it kind of starts you off with the beginning of Superman, and right. you you just kind of go from there, and it is pretty self contained. And you don't need to buy any more issues of it. It's you know ten. It's apparently twenty dollars, but I I got it for ten. So maybe you'll get lucky too. You could find it for cheap. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. 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 Not really. Um. Not. And then Saga is is a pretty adult themed, like not not child friendly, but it is so imaginative. It's like at one point they make a spaceship out of a tree. And I remember something like the artist was like, I don't like drawing spaceships. Like, it's just dumb and I don't like them. So, like, I don't know. What if it was a tree? And it was just like it. that I'm probably seriously misquoting it. But I remember something about, like, not liking, like, designing spaceships because it was kind of contrived or whatever. So they ended up with a spaceship that's just a fucking tree. And they fly around <laughs> in it. And it's just like... Like that's so fucking cool, and there's there's a guardian angel type character that follows around the little girl, um, and she's a ghost that lives like there's a section of the planet that they live on because it's just just one of those things where, okay, yeah, this might as well be happening at this point because this this gone to some wacky places, but the ghosts of the people on this planet, they're ghosts of however they died. So she's just a half person with some entrails hanging out. Uh, and that's how she, that's just how she is. That's, but she's like this awesome, like guardian angel over this little girl. And like, they need a, they, that tree, like they, she needs a piece of the home world to like be attached to. So like that tree being the spaceship allows her to go wherever. off planet with them and stuff. So it's just like, um, there are characters that are, like robots and they have like old school like CRT televisions for heads and then sometimes those just display like weird weird images like whenever they th- you know something bugs them and like this he's kind of having a freak out in this one so he has like this red like screaming face like for a second and it's just Jesus yeah so they just sometimes these TVs like display like <laughs> I've heard some people describe this as unadaptable even though I've heard they're going to try to adapt it. I mean, if it was a like a Miyazaki like Studio Ghibli movie, maybe, oh yeah, that'd... maybe. But but yeah, no, there's too much that they would have to change that makes this awesome. Like, okay, this this lady here, she's oops, she's an assassin. And you're like, okay, so she's an assassin with no arms, but like, okay, that's weird. How does she kill anybody? And then she reveals herself to be a giant spider lady uh, thing with lots of arms that guns in each one. And like, and it's just like, who came up with this? Somebody fucked <laughs> and up. And it's just like the, it's very creative. It's insanely it it's... original. And that's kind of hard to do in comic books because all the superhero kind of things have been done. And a lot of it just gets rehashed into Right. That now it's darker and grittier. Now that's kind of getting old. So now it's light like, and fun. And, yeah. Yeah. Now this is completely original and yeah, unique. Like, and it's just, it's in, 
this, the only sad part about this is, and there's a lot of material that you, there's a lot of uh, issues of this, but it's on like permanent hiatus. That's what I heard. And it's, it's kind of, that just kind of sucks that sometimes why, that happens. Though. Um, all I remember was the creators said that they just, they wanted to take like a minimum one year break from it. And it was just, I mean, something this original, I imagine your, your notepad of weird ideas runs out and you're like, I need some time to come up with some other stuff. Right. And maybe they just wanted a break because I think they were working on this pretty exclusively and maybe they just wanted to work break and do some and... work on other stuff or whatever, but they still haven't come back to it. And it's been a couple, I think a couple of years now. Oh, wow. So hopefully it comes back because I'm going to start reading it. And yeah, I don't want to be disappointed. I love that so much. And then, um, but it's not for kids. Seriously. There's, there's like genitals and I mean, it's not for kids. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> hardcore sex scenes and stuff. It's not for children. <laughs> Just warning you now. Um, and then my other suggestions, I guess, for like approachability would be like Marvel's and Kingdom Come. Uh, if you know a little bit about the Marvel universe or the DC universe, like you, you kind of have a vague idea of who the Justice League are and kind of what their their dynamic is. That's and stuff. kind of a and like you can cool you, thing about now with the comic book movies being what they are. Yeah, that sort of a lot of people are have a pretty basic understanding of who these characters are, what the universe is, generally speaking. Right. Um, so they can jump right into comic books and yeah. probably have a full understanding you right. know, in a really short amount of time. So this would be the – right now is the perfect time to jump into comic books. Yeah, especially because we don't have any movies coming out at yeah, the moment. any new movies coming out or anything like that. Yeah. you can All the get, ones that are coming out, are, they keep getting pushed back like uh, Black Widow. Yeah, which is coming out next November. Something like that. If you can, like, uh, you can also just get HBO Max and watch like all the DC movies or Disney Plus and watch all the Marvel movies, right? Yeah, you know. or you can come to my house and watch them in 4K surround oh. sound HDR. You hear that, twelve listeners? You can yeah. go over to Michael's house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my wife would love that. I bet she would. <laughs> I bet she would. Um, I have a couple suggestions, I suppose. Uh, one is actually this one I have I want to make sure I remember it. It's called Freeze. Uh, so basically, this guy kind of he wakes up and, he, and the world is frozen. Like literally, like every person is frozen. But when he touches somebody, they come back to life. Okay. And it's about him trying to figure out that mystery of why he can do that and what happened and everything like that. It's a real fascinating book to read. I don't want to go too deep into it and spoil a whole lot but like that's what turned that's what got me to read it was the just the idea that this dude had the power to wake people up from a frozen world yeah and you don't know why and that's what the whole thing is about him trying to get to the point where he can figure out what happened um that's a pretty great one uh, another uh great one is and i'm sure so many people have suggested this one before is uh, old man logan yeah uh, that's always more expensive than I want to pay for it because of its popularity. But yeah, I, I went ahead and I, I put down the money for it, and I think that's one of the few that I've actually bought on my own, and it was um, it well is, worth it. It is really good, especially it's it's very original for a Marvel comic. Yeah, and it takes like it, there's characters in that that like the Venom symbiote is in it at some point. Yeah, it, and it's just such a like 
what the fuck moment yeah. and you're just like oh that is so cool and yeah it's a real killer moment that because you're just like holy shit they went for it right and it's uh that's where that whole the whole book is basically filled with a bunch of like oh my god i can't believe they went for it right and like like the hulk the hulk yeah uh, the hulk family the hulk and, family oh. in, in like southern america or whatever their domain is and yeah their uh their whole their hillbilly nature and right and yeah. it's like, and a lot of it, if you know much about the character, like it makes sense because the Hulk probably is immortal. Yeah. Basically, or like, and Wolverine is real close to it because yeah. this is a couple hundred years in the future of what the normal type Marvel comics are set in. Yeah. And, and for and, those who, this one basically follows, it's um, uh, Wolverine. This is in the future where he is for reasons that you find out um, he no longer fights. He mm-hmm. hasn't popped his claws in years. He hasn't snick snick bubbed. Yeah, he hasn't snick snick bubbed in a, a long, long time. Uh, and most of the heroes, especially all the X Men, are dead, long dead. And like you have Hulk who survived, Hawkeye survived. I don't um, know how. I don't remember how Hawkeye's alive. Really, I can't remember either. Honestly, I have, it's, I have to it's go back like, and read it. But it's like a long time into the future, basically. That, but there's some people that are just sort of alive but old. Yeah, there's and you're like, hmm, like, and, and Hawkeye's blind in this too. Yeah, and they basically have to get, uh, what is it? They're they're going on a trip to deliver something, and it's the first like it's because Wolverine needs money. Yeah, and it's it's, to, it's for his family, and then he, I I can't give away. I don't want to give away too. I know it's right. an older comic, and it's one of the more popular ones, so people probably know, but I still don't want to spoil a bunch. Right. Uh, but it's definitely worth the read. It's it's. What if you have if you don't read comic books, but you've watched the Marvel movies, you can read this. Right, like you have an understanding of who these characters are, and you'll feel something whenever you find out reasons for you know why Wolverine doesn't fight. Right. Um. It's also nothing like the movie. The no. Logan movie. Yeah. Yeah. Logan was uh, an adaptation of Old Man Logan. They said, but it couldn't be farther. Away. And I'm not saying because. Logan was a, a good wonderful movie, film, but it's just the it's, I, it's so just the idea away. of Wolver, old man Logan in the future, and that's basically as far as it. That's about the extent of it. And yeah, in you know, with the the X Men and the heroes being dead, that's that yeah. is the extent of that. Um, but yeah, if you if you want something good to jump into, old man Logan's a pretty good kick you know kicking off point where it yeah. can get you into that world. And then you can sort of go back and move around from that point forward. But it's stellar reading if you get a chance to. And then the last thing I want to recommend is the mask, the omnibus. I bought the recently bought the omnibuses. Okay. Of, uh, I don't think I've actually ever read oh, like the mask man. comics. So if you watch the nineteen ninety four uh, movie with Jim Carrey, it is nothing like that. It yeah, is, I do remember saying, isn't it kind of like darker? Than, darker and way more violent. Okay. Like, way more violent. Like, way <laughs> more violent. <laughs> I'll stick to my Rob Paulson cartoon adaptation of the movie, please. <laughs> Thank you. But it was like, um, I, I got it because it, it took me a long time to kind of track it down because you couldn't really find it for a long time and then i was at um wizard world in chicago last year yeah and i bought it was the mask returns and i bought uh this 
DC mask crossover with Batman and Joker, which is really good. And then I asked him about, you know, I said, like, hey, can you get the omnibuses of the mask? And he could, so he bought, got them for me. Yeah. And uh, going through them now, uh, still on the first one, but I think about halfway through it. It is so different. Like when you read this, you ha- you're like, how did they get this movie out of this comic book? Like they they stopped right. it. Stanley Ipkiss. They stopped at Big Head, which they don't even call him Big Head in the movie, but that's what the character's name is, is Big Head. They stopped at that, and that's about it. Because <laughs> like there's still like moments in the movie that are reminiscent. Yeah. Because something as similar as like whenever he confronts the bikers um in the movie, it's all fun and games. He makes them, you know, you know, balloon animals and then yeah. he turns one into a Tommy gun and shoots at them. At them. In the comic book, he catches them on fire, he shoves shit through them and he shoots I mean, it's brutal. And then the 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 uh mechanics far more brutal than the movie show. And the movie showed them having like mufflers shoved up their ass. Like, right. This was like the actual muffler had gone all the way through. And the guy's head was in the shape of a muffler. (laughs) It's pretty messed up. And it's, but it's such interesting and unique, especially for the time. Cause it came out, I believe in like the early nineties late 80s early 90s um you just you would be like oh oh my god they sold this like on shelves right and then somebody went to new line cinema and was like hey we should adapt this comic book and they're like cool but don't put any of that shit in there right like you have to put jim carrey in it and make it funny and family friendly which being completely and totally honest i 100% still love Jim Carrey's The Mask. I love almost all Jim Carrey movies. Almost. Almost. Yeah, there's, there's some. There's a few we don't talk about. There's but a like, few outliers. But... but like Ace Ventura and The Mask. Yeah. Like I just grew up on that shit. And then like The Truman Show. Yeah. Like that's not, that one's like he, he's done one or two kind of more serious movies once, like every yeah. once in a while. And like, that's a great fucking movie. One movie I, I really like is not many people either know it or like it. The number 23. That I I remember that he's in sort of like a thriller like yeah. type. I don't know if it's if you really call it a horror movie, but not I really no. It's more of a thriller. It's But I I remember that he was in that and I just remember going it's weird Jim Carrey for And it's a but, weird movie like it's I like when I watch I'm like, "No, nah, I get why people don't like this." This yeah. is it's not super great, but it's I enjoy it. Yeah, there's I And then he skips from that to Dr. Robotnik more or less. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you know what movie is? I don't re- and everybody I used to love it, but I don't really hate it so much anymore. Um Man on the Moon. I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that? It's the Andy Kaufman uh biopic. Um he plays Andy Kaufman. I don't know. He um <laughs> It's fine. Like it's not super accurate if memory serves. Most biopics aren't. But. Yeah, <laughs> but he gives a pretty great performance in it. Yeah. It's worth watching just for that. But other than that, I'm not a huge fan of the movie itself. Um, yeah, there's uh, he was kick ass too, wasn't he? 
Yeah. I forgot about that. I kind of forgot he was in that. I kind of forgot that was a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not super good. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I Boy, I don't even know if I ever watched it all the way through. I remember reading some of Kick-Ass 2 and getting kind of bored yeah. with it. But the, the movie's not great. I think Jim Carrey's really great in it. He's a lot of fun. And it's... I mean, he does such a good job. Like, you, you don't really see Jim Carrey as... What's the character's name? The commander? No, that's no, that's the boys. Um, damn it, I can't remember what his name is. Stars and Stripes, something like that. Yeah, some. But um, yeah, it's uh. So yeah, if you get a chance, read the mask. In fact, I can let you borrow after I'm finished with it. You can you can read it. Not not the listeners. Michael. Right. Michael can read it. Michael can read it. But Michael can't read. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I think that's an episode. You think that's an episode? I think that is. It's running on two hours. Yeah. Well, maybe you can find something in that two hours that was worth putting up. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. So, uh, yeah. Um, if you guys want to contact us, if you guys want any, give us any suggestions for topics, uh, you can hit uh, me up on Instagram at uh, Motley underscore nerd. Um, you can email us at officialmotleynerd at gmail.com or... Uh, you can do Twitter at the Motley underscore nerd. Um, what about you? You got you, you don't have any social media, do you? You have Facebook. I have Facebook. That's about it. When's your uh, next episode coming out of Michael's Mixdown? Um, I am on vacation next week, so it will probably be late October before I get it out. I'm basically done compiling information because I showed you my, my notes that yeah. it's like longer than my arm. But So this actually, uh, so because this episode will probably go out it might go out after october yeah it might i don't know i'm not doing them in order that we recorded them i'm just kind of picking and choosing yeah so it could already be out by now it could already be out by now potentially, potentially. but if not but if not it'll be out soon it'll be out soon <laughs> <laughs> it'll, let's put it this way if it's if it's out now go listen to it if it's not out now, Wait, go listen to other my other episodes of, of Michael's Mixdown. It's a really entertaining show. You guys really should listen to it, for sure. Um, you got any other plugs? You got anything else you want to plug? Uh, your mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ew. Got him. Got him. <laughs> got him. All right. Oh, yeah, I have a TikTok, too. It's Motley Nerd. I'm getting bored with it, so... You know, you don't have to go. You can go watch my shenanigans if you want to. Right. But you don't have to. It's fine. You don't have to. Uh, so, yeah. Until next time, I'm Jake. And I'm Michael. What were we talking about? Molly Nerdcast.